Triple Play Fantasy's basketball show with Doc, Coach, and Brass Dadamas starts now. Welcome, players, to the Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Show, a proud member of the Fantrax Podcast Network and the Fantrax HQ family. We are the podcast that is debating and battling with others, sometimes in our own network. I got my normal crew with me. I got the coach's corner, Coach James Lewis. What's going on? Uh, another much miss you guys. Uh, proud to be here. I took a little Myers-Briggs personality test last night. A little introspective um, touch. I mean, it's crazy when you just click a couple circles of what they'll tell you about your personality. And um, I recommend you guys doing it the same. But I, I was categorized as a defender. So maybe I'll be a defender today. All right. Well, and you're going to you a do- LeBron stand. Ah, there we go. <laughs> One minute in, not even a minute in. We got our only LeBron reference, hopefully, for the day. But oh, the no, other- it'll get talked about more. <laughs> the other guy you heard. That's Brad Kilgore, a.k.a. Brad Stradamus, the DFS god. What's going on? Can't complain, man. Have you guys heard the good word about my Washington Wizards? Uh, they're still under 500. Not for long. They're playing Only great two games ball. out of eighth, man. Two games out of eighth. This is how they're supposed to look. This is the uh, team that I thought was going to be top four. They're two games out of a playoff spot, which a team is, five, is currently under 500 occupying. Right. I love it. They're I playing great basketball, the dance, Brad. You just got to get into the dance. That's it. Way, way to have faith. Way to stick with your team, Brad. They're playing great. <laughs> I, I, Brad is loyal. Brad is loyal. I love it. Well, we have a great show planned today, and it's going to be a little bit shorter one maybe because NBA is on all-star break, and that means fantasy and normal games aren't happening. But we want to have some player debates, and we have some topics that are a little bit controversial, and with us basketball junkies, we want to debate back and forth, kind of see both sides of the coin. And we are going to do that with just the normal three this time. No guests this week, just keeping it in-house. But first, we have a little news and notes we have to discuss. And really, the only thing happened around this time, Blake Griffin finally bought out by the Detroit Pistons, and it looks like the Brooklyn Nets are a frontrunner. So, Brad, I want to start with you on this. Do you like that fit? Well, first off, I want to say shout out to all of us. We all said that we thought he was going to get bought out because, you know, he didn't have a tradable contract. So once again, triple play fantasy, just proving we're geniuses. Um, <laughs> in terms of whether or not I like the the pick for him, um, you know, I, I look at that starting lineup and I say Kyrie and Harden, they're going to be in there. KD, he's going to be in there. He's not a better shooter than Joe Harris. He's not going to be there. And he can't play defense against people his own size, so he's not going to be able to play defense against centers. So he's not going to play centers. So to me, he just decided that he's going to come off the bench as like a sixth, seventh, eighth man, in which case, you know, okay, but what's your role going to be? Like you're not a, a, a critical shooter. You don't play defense, so are you just going to be a you know a rebounding scorer? Or are you just trying to get a ring? I don't know. I would have rather him go to a place like San Antonio where he could rehab his career a little bit. But um, you know, I I think if if he wants to go get a ring or be on a winning team, you know, who am I to knock him? Go for it. So, coach, I want to ask you this question: Blake Griffin was drafted in two thousand nine, so he's a veteran. 
Do you think at this point in his career, it's more important to rehab or to ring chase? Uh, oh, he, it's clear that he wants to play for a contender. And mm-hmm. I think that right now with the injury riddled last three seasons, maybe even extending further than that, then it's, it, it's a good, it's a good go with, especially signing midway through the season, the people in contention, of course, the Nets are the favorites, the Lakers, Clippers, Heat, Warriors. They're all um, contenders. I mean, maybe that's a stretch for the Warriors, but maybe Thank the you. Warriors. I was waiting for that. But maybe but maybe the Warriors was the only situation where maybe he actually finds a way in that starting lineup and could could fit in with uh, Draymond Green. Those other teams I don't see starting maybe Miami, but – yeah, I, I think he's accepting this bench role. I think that the Nets are the favorites. I think the Nets will land him. I think that he is going to be the KD replacement guy. When KD gets off the court, he's going to go in and help run the offense. Um, he's not going to help you defensively, but with his passing ability, you can give him the ball and he can make plays. And um, the KD, we saw like maybe they were they were playing him too many minutes, and maybe you know give him some rest. And then those days that Kevin doesn't play, then you can you can plug him in and see how he works with the chemistry. Of, of James Harden and, and Kyrie Irving and the rest of those guys. You so know, I think what's – I'm sorry, uh, I'm going to cut you off, Brad. Well, well, one thing that's interesting is, like, if if we do, you know, all agree that he's ring chasing, I find it interesting that he chose Brooklyn instead of L.A. Like, why, why do you think Brooklyn is more equipped to win a championship than L.A.? I think Brooklyn has the easier, easier path to make it to the finals. I think you look and maybe the Bucks – are a contender, but they never really show up. Maybe the 76ers, but they're in the same division. I think in the West, you're worried about the Jazz. You're worried about the Lakers. You're worried about the Clippers. You're worried about potentially the Nuggets. The Suns have looked really good. The Trailblazers are never an easy out. So I think the path to get to the finals is much easier in the East. The funniest thing I saw on Twitter, it's because I think Blake Griffin has zero dunks this season. They said, if Kyrie or Harden throws an oop to Blake Griffin, I want the NBA to look into a tampering investigation. I think that would be hilarious. I forgot I forgot whoever tweeted that, but shout out to whoever did. He's been, uh, he's been saving the bounce for, for this move, man. He's so, bringing yeah. the dunks back. So I, I think at this point he's ring chasing, and that's fine. He secured the bag. He probably has over $200 million just from salary alone. You know, probably way more in endorsements being with Kia and with some of, I think he was with Muscle Milk. Um, he's not going to rehab his career. I, I think at this point, you know, he was he was kind of a better Aaron Gordon where he's a really good athlete, but a good basketball player, not a great one skill-wise. And I think at this point in his career, he's not a building block. He's somebody that can be a solid contributor off the bench. He's a big name, so anybody will accept him. And he can hopefully get a ring. Brad, I see it, it looks like you're ready to say I'm wrong and to hate me. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't go that far. I I think uh, to call him Aaron Gordon is a little blasphemous. I mean, I said a better Aaron Gordon. Okay, so, so Aaron Gordon. I'd rather you Aaron say Gordon, like a worse somebody than a better. Aaron Gordon is a diet Blake Griffin, to use your terms. Okay. Is that, is no, that okay? But that's. That's okay for Aaron Gordon, but what does it mean for Blake Griffin? Like, you got to give him a better comparison. Okay, he's the non-diet Aaron Gordon. <laughs> Is that how it works? You can reverse it back and forth. All right, I respect it. I respect it. <laughs> I think that the the Nets are front um, runners, maybe because players on Brooklyn are maybe voicing out to him that they want him to come join. 
Maybe that's the reason why the whole LA isn't the front runners. Maybe the Lakers have eyes on other people. They know they talked about Hassan Whiteside possibly getting bought out and that probably being a better fit based on what they need right now. Um, and then the Clippers re to reunite with them. That might be awkward. He might have ill, ill feelings, ill will there. Sure, yeah. I, but that that's my thing. Like I agree, like any contender he went to, he's going to be coming off the bench, which is to me, it's like, if you're gonna, if you've already accepted you're coming off the bench, why don't you go to a team that is more likely to win the championship? And to me, it's not the team that has the easiest path. Easiest path. It's the team that's, you know, and, that recently just won, and the team that has LeBron. Like, and, and here you go, first, Doc. LeBron. There, there, there you go. There you Gosh, go. Maybe LeBron have to, doesn't like Blake Griffin. Maybe I'm that, gonna that's mute that's all of you. <laughs> LeBron isn't in the script, and he comes up. I think the that's case. What, is that's what right. happens with greatness, man. I think what I think just to put the cherry on top, the rich get richer, and that seems like it's a reflection not just in the NBA but in society in general. But hey, hey Doc, I wanted to ask uh, the panel. Um, there's rumors that the Bulls are interested in Andre Drummond, and we had uh, said earlier that it would be very difficult to find a trade partner for him because of that because of his contract. Are we still in the he's going to get bought out, or um, if I'm the Bulls, Laurie Markkinen, a first round pick, Otto Porter to match a contract. Um, Lori Markkinen's no. probably gonna—he's gonna walk at the end of the year because he's uh—he's on the last end of that deal. Do you do you go and say, hey, I want—we want Andre as our future? Um, no, center here. You're, you're gonna block Wendell Carter. The Bulls—they need to decide where they're gonna—they're gonna go all in, and Andre Drummond isn't that all-in piece, or if they're gonna sell, which I think they he's, should. I think Andre Drummond can be an all-in piece, but I agree with Eric. He's not. You have that young talent in Wendell Carter Jr. where you don't want a repeat of the situation you just had in in uh, Cleveland where you've got a Jared Allen that's a budding star and you want him to flourish and then you put another star next to him that's just going to eat his like eat what he does well. So it's I don't think that's a good fit. But Wendell's not where Jared Allen is based on durability. One, he he can't stay healthy and then two he's getting played but, off of the court defensively as these, well yeah but yeah but these you guys just are a, investing they're investing yeah, in him yeah they're you you, you, get there. you spent a top 10 pick on him last year are you ready to yeah. to kick the tire on it and say yeah he's not our future center like that that is basically admitting that your front office had a bad draft which a lot of gms seem to do um, and i like what, i like wendell carter man he's so we're saying he's a really, first round pick is too much though because but just basically because uh Otto Porter's on the end no, of no, his no, contract. No. He's walking. It, I, I, I don't. I don't think. It's, I, it, I don't think it's that. But I don't think you trade for Drummond at this point in his career unless it's a like you need him. Like yeah, he he's that all in piece. I think if you're the Bulls, you need as many picks and assets as possible because you're not anywhere close to being a contender. He's 27, and I mean, he's they 27. Would, no, I, I'm I'm on a little dip, different part of the spectrum than you, Eric. I think he's somebody you do bet on if you need him. He's not the Bulls are not an Andre Drummond away from contending. Like the and they've invested in a center in Wendell Carter Jr. and they want to see that play out. That's that's where I think Eric and I agree. Whether or not a first round pick is enough from him, sure, yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd trade a first round pick for him. But it's not just trading a first round pick, it's the thirty million dollars that's attached to him. So if you can get him in a buyout market for much cheaper that's what you want to do. No, well, that's, good point. Yeah. Good point. Well, that's what I was saying. That's where Otto Porter's contract, Mark, uh, like 
makes it. Oh, you mean you mean Max? Uh, you mean Max contract Otto Porter? <laughs> yeah, and he's on the last last leg of it as well. Ah, well deserved Otto Porter. Uh, you wait way to finesse Ernie Grunfeld, but do you like hearing about these old vets that are getting bought out? Well, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcast. Want to hear more triple play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball and football show that you can also check out available anywhere you get your podcasts. We also have a website, tripplayfantasy.com, you can check out. If you're enjoying the content, how about being right and giving us a five-star rating and review? Check us out on Twitter and IG at tripplayfantasy. Myself and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions. David eating an entire sleeve of Oreos without blinking. And our weekly episode drops. You know that feeling you get when you win a debate, when you see Stephen A. Smith shut up Max Kellerman and you're on Team SAS? That's the feeling we want to provide. We want to keep you entertained, but it starts with you. Thank you, the loyal players, for your listens each and every week. And we will get to player debates right after this short break. Player debates. And if we didn't debate already in our news and notes, well, these topics were meant to disagree, to spearhead, maybe to even end these friendships and relationships we have. I'm prepared for it. Yo, Doc, speaking mm -hmm. of debates, what do you think about Stephen A. Smith going behind Max Kellerman's back and trying to get uh, uh, Skip Bayless back? I didn't see that. What? Oh, Oh, my God. Maybe. Okay. Can we? Uh, that, insane, that'll be, so, uh, that'll be, that'll be uh, our first debate, actually. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. All right. So, you know, I haven't heard this either. So, go this ahead. is all conjecture. Obviously, people just report this. But, um, so Skip just signed like a four year, $32 million deal. I love with, how it uh, becomes Fox. public with that. Yeah. Yeah. The agents leak that, right? Because they want to yeah. say, look, this is what I can do for you if you were my client. He, he's so, making uh, almost Matthew Delvadova money. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, he's, he signed with Fox and he was in a bidding war with ESPN because ESPN wanted to reunite um, Skip and Stephen A. Smith back again for first take. And they also wanted to put it on ESPN Plus because they're really trying to push their streaming. So um, I think the ESPN offered him somewhere like it was reported like up to like $29 million or something like that. And then they also reported that Stephen A. Smith was really pushing to get the deal done. So he eventually went with the money and, and went back to Fox. But uh, I thought that was absurd. Like there, Max Kellerman just got to read that. Like he just got to sit there and read that and then go to work the next day. Like that's crazy. I mean, we know that first take is Stephen A. Smith's show. Like they've cycled through hosts. They had Carrie Champion. Now they have um, Molly, oh, Karen yeah. Rose. Um, I forgot it. Who's uh, Jay Crawford before that. Stephen A. Smith has kind of been the consistent one. And I think. Well, Kane had a little run. Yeah, but I feel I, th I think Skip Bayless is the villain that everybody hates, but Skip wants to started watch. it too. That cold and, pizza, yeah, cold yeah, and then first, and then first, and and jelly, man. But I, I think everybody, I think Max Kellerman tries too hard to be the villain, and people read into that. They're like, "No, you're trying too hard, and we don't even respect your sports takes." Oh, Did you know man. Max Kellerman has a rap video? I do. I have seen that. Okay, I, we just, I, we just I need respect to put it out the stakes. Max Kellerman knows what he's talking about. He's just very... he, he knows he knows a lot about boxing. He's the and best boxing analyst. He, he is the best boxing analyst. But like, I think everybody is tired of his. Like, oh, Tom Brady, this is the year he falls off the cliff, and there being like some new excuse why he hasn't yet. And I think like that's the narrative that will always follow Max Kellerman. But you have to have a take, like the. Everybody has like Skip is the LeBron hater. Like everybody has a take. Yeah, but yeah, on. but he he can he That's can figure it. out new ways to hate LeBron. 
Max Kellerman is just always changing his points. I said he'd fall off the cliff if he played for the Patriots. I never said for like he's always has those caveats, okay. and you're like, and you're like, all right, dude, stop. I think the I think the new marriage with uh, Shannon Sharp at undisputed. I don't I don't see Skip. I see Skip just looking yeah. happy happier. Yeah, I mean, why would he want to leave? Who so else goes? Shannon Shannon has his contract coming up, and he was making half of what Skip was making, and now he's like slated yeah. to get a bunch more. So there's a chance like he might come to ESPN and take Max Kellerman's job. No, I hope he doesn't, but who, because who else is going to go? Skip. I'm, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a undisputed fan over uh first take all day. If I have to choose, I don't, I don't, I don't watch anymore. They, they reach for those storylines, but I let's, start, let's, let's start with our first storyline here. And this is our first player debate. And this is an interesting one that I thought of that. I think you can go both ways for. And which player has the better range? Is it Steph Curry or is it Damian Lillard? And Brad, I want to start with you. Who are you picking? Listen, man, this is going to be short and sweet. Like, this is an easy, easy question for me. The answer is probably the best shooter of all time, and that's Steph Curry. If there was one shot and I had to shoot it from half court, I'm I'm looking for Steph Curry. Like, there's nothing nothing about – the only reason that we know Dame Lillard has the range he has is because Steph made it okay to shoot those crazy shots. Like that's what he he does. Like he, if there was a logo for for people who shoot, like a, like a Jerry West of uh, of shooters, it would be Steph Curry. Like he's just he's an incredible talent. We've never seen anything like him. Maybe you know we could do the debate like if we went back and Larry Bird or Ray Allen. We're in this in today's NBA. They could do the same thing. Maybe I don't know, but today Steph Curry does things that we've never seen before. That's my pick. All right. Did you say something about? Did you say something about a logo? Lo, logo Lolo yes, logo Lillard is the answer here. <laughs> I mean, he yes, shoots, he shoots it's more of them. He, he he shoots a higher percentage from from forty than he does right there at the line. I think it's I think it's the answer is Lillard because he because we've witnessed more deep range shots and uh, that's nothing to take away from Steph. Steph is a great shooter. You can't go wrong with either of these guys, but um, I, you got to give the the nod to Damon Lillard as the, the deepest ball shooter and also our clutchest and greatest closer of the game right now in the NBA. So give me, give me Dame. You know, coach, I'm going to stay with you on that. And I'm glad that it's not an overwhelming Steph. I think yeah, Steph, I think, I think Steph can make the furthest shots. But the caveat is he has to be open. I think when you think about range, you think about distance from the basket. But I think Damian Lillard is better. And in perfect example, the shot he had over Paul George to end the thunder. He stepped to the side and shot that. And I think about 36 feet, 36 feet out. And I think about that with range too, is Damian Damian Lillard is better shooting sideways or falling back or shooting at a bad angle. I think Steph could hit a half court shot easier, but that doesn't, to me, encompass all of range. He's a much, much better open shooter where it's like, oh, man, he has an open shot or there's somebody within a foot of him. All right, yeah, he's going to make it. There, I don't think we're debating that he's the better shooter, but I think Damian Lillard, whether it's step back, whether it's to the side, whether it's off balance, can make those more difficult shots at a further distance more consistently than uh, Steph Curry. But Brad... With that being said, I want to go back to you. You changing your mind? Hell no. Oh, 
I think it's a volume thing too. I think it just shoots a lot more. I don't know if Steph he has, has shot shoots- as many, but because of that, I gotta give the nod to Dame. You know why he does that? Because he doesn't have the has and he doesn't have the offense that creates shots for Steph like Dame does or like Steph has. So you know, you Steph doesn't have to shoot from forty because Dame is ever uh, Draymond Green is the the fuck the conduct. I was about to cuss. <laughs> Draymond, <laughs> yeah, are, Draymond Green. There's a Draymond first. Green is the conductor of this offense, and he can he knows exactly where everybody's supposed to be. He knows this pick is supposed to be there. That off ball pick is supposed to be there. Steph, you go run around there, and you're gonna come and hit this 22 foot uh, corner three easy money. Dame Lillard, on the other hand, he's the entire offense. Like it just runs through him. That's all it is, and everybody knows that the ball is going coming to him. So he has to hit those contested 40 footers because there's nowhere else to go. Like that that is the offense. Like if there, if, if Steph if Steph was in a position where he had to take 40 footers, he could hit them. Like you said, yeah. it's a volume game. He doesn't shoot as much. Yeah, there is a schematical thing here. Steve Kerr is actually going to run plays that are going to set up Steph Curry for exactly. a good open shot. Where Portland, we know the mo. It's it's going to Dame, and he's going to mm-hmm. dribble the he's going to dribble the clock out, and then he's going to sidestep you from wherever. Yeah. And then if you blink, he's gonna he still has territory to go to the three point line and, and make it on you. So I think that that plays a, a big factor here. Uh, and maybe that's a, that's a little bit on Portland, but if if he makes them, then you know you can't be mad at that. Oh, I, okay. I'm not. I'm okay. not mad at him. I'm just saying that doesn't mean that Steph can't do it. It just means he doesn't have to. I would double Dame Lillard too. I would just make make them pass the ball and then but, and then absolutely. deny him so, every time why, I see that. That's why so they my, can't win in the playoffs because that's so, what they do. So minus CJ McCollum being hurt for this year, he's been pretty healthy for the last five six years. That's a that's you know a great Robin to have to Dame being Batman, and he's still Dame is still doing his thing, creating his own shot. They've had rotating pieces and big men doing that, but I think they realize that's more effective. They could run the system for Dame Lillard doing that as well, having CJ McCollum bring the ball up. But I don't think Steph Curry could do it as easily because he's very slight. I think if he didn't have the screens that he did, or if he didn't go through, if he didn't have Draymond conducting the offense. There is no way that he'd be able to get these shots as as easily or hit them as a high contested rate. I'm, because uh, I'm of pretty his body sure frame. Steph is. I'm pretty sure Steph is bigger than Dame. I think Steph is like six three two something. Let me look this up. Yeah, he, uh, but it, to Doc's point, he, he does operate off off the pick and roll for separation. He relies on that a little bit more than Dame does. Dame doesn't need a screen to create more separation, although your point is right. I think Steph is a little bit um, bigger. I think he's maybe even an inch or two taller. I, I know yeah, he's so. tall. I know I know he's taller. I'm just talking about that, that slight frame. Like I was watching Davidson highlights, and I was like, wow, this guy doesn't look like he can even bench the bar. So, so according, according to um... – Google Dame is an inch shorter and four pounds heavier. So yeah, there we go. I guess I guess you can have that one, Eric. All right, all right. Brad admitting he's <laughs> wrong. I'm all for it. All right, the next debate, and this is the player you would want to build around, and it's two players that are always in the MVP conversation, but haven't even gotten to the finals leading their own team, and that's James Harden and Giannis. And I said leading their own team because James Harden got it. Uh, there 2011 with OKC coach I want to start with you you're a GM fact take out the contract because they're both max players 
Which one are you building your team around? The Greek freak. Giannis Antetokounmpo. He is 26 years old. Uh, it, it's over, boys. Should I say anymore? He did back-to-back MVP. He finished third in defensive player of the year last year. Um, I, I could much rather form a team based on a defensive force that's going to shut down the paint uh, around around Freak than I can around James Harden. And yes, he's spectacular offensively, one of the greatest offensive players I've ever seen. But uh, let's talk about character, um, better teammate. Uh, g- give me give me age, give me defensive ability, give me character and a sprinkle of a, a better teammate um, for the win. And, and, and to quote Giannis, it's over, boys. What what is what is that uh in referring to when the chicken when, wing when they, when, they when, announced that his oh, team I, was LeBron James, Steph Curry, Doncic, oh, and Jokic? Oh, I was, being, I was going to be sarcastic and say, is that his quote when the Bucks get eliminated in the second round of the playoffs to the Heat? That's what I was thinking, Eric. <laughs> there we go. That team, that team went to the finals, and the year before they lost to the Raptors, who won the finals. So it's better than than uh, Harden kind of just giving up in what winning one game against the Lakers. All right, he, he's, all right. they they both haven't had great moments in in the playoffs, and so I wouldn't be like, oh, James Harden has had greater. Uh, playoff uh, performances because that's that's not true. Okay, all right, Brad, you you uh, double downing on the Greek freak. So before I answer, I have a question: Are they go both going to get better, or am I you're, saying you're, you're, you know, you're I'm taking, taking them as they are? You're taking them now, and and keep in mind that you're building your team around them. So they're max players. So you're going to have limited salary cap. But it's do you want to you know build a team around Harden, surround him with shooters? Or do you want to have Giannis and maybe surround him with uh, people that can defend well or a ball handler? So we're putting our GM hats back on like we did earlier in this year. And keep in mind, you know, you'd have whatever draft picks. But if you're building your team today, who are you trying to go for? Take away age. Just factor in the skill in their game. Okay. So the only flaw... And Harden's game is that he doesn't play great defense. The only <gasps> breaking s- news. Yeah, the <laughs> only flaw in Giannis's game is that he can't shoot for shit. So <laughs> true. Twenty eight point five career three point shooter. Yeah, yeah and it's not, it's, very, it's not going it's, up. It's not going up. When he was younger, I was like, okay, that'll go up and he's just going to be unstoppable. But by now, I'm thinking this is what he is. And that's fine. Like, the dude's seven feet. Like, what more can you ask for? He's incredible. He's, like you said, back-to-back MVP. He's incredible. But, you know, when I look at building a team, I think it's much easier to add shooters than it is to create a team that is championship sound defensively because there are so many different schemes and so many different players that you have to 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 account for so in that i'm looking for Giannis. like i can i can find five nba caliber shooters that can shoot you know 38 percent and up and uh, fill out a roster you know with the rest of my cap room or go in the draft and get some sharp shooters like it's much easier to find shooters than it is to find defenders. And I think with that, you know, you're going to have the issue where 
playoff time comes, the game slows down, and you want to go to Giannis, but Giannis gets kind of taken out of the game because he can't shoot, and you know he's only you know he's going to go to his his patented dribble spin around move, and that's going to be that. But if you can develop a team where there's shooters that he can kick out to at all times, you know if they had a Steph Curry or you know a Drew Holiday, which they now have, like they're just going to be able to do a lot more offensively with a team that has shooters. So I, I, I like I like building around Giannis to be honest. All right, well, I'm going to go Harden. But James Harden's the better player. So I'm going Harden, and Brad, you've said in the past, and, and Daryl Morey said as well, he might be the greatest offensive player ever. Yes. And you're not only talking about scoring with him. Think about the way the game is played now. The mid-range game is gone, and that's what Giannis specializes in. If he's not yes. getting to the hoop, he's taking mid-range jumpers, which is proven to be the most ineffect- or inefficient shot. So James Harden is a great scorer. He's great at drawing fouls. So if you're having a great defender and he gets two quick fouls and then that quickly changes the game, he's now a great passer. He's the point guard for the Nets and he's averaging. Yeah. Well, he now has the ball in his hands more. He's averaging 11.4 assists ever since he got in Brooklyn this year. I think if you can get a good team around him, I'm not saying he's going to be a great defender, but I think he's going to be a little bit more motivated to play some defense. I think with Houston, they were all in on small ball. And when Robert Covington is playing the five and you're getting out rebounded by the Anthony Davises, the zoo botches, it's like, all right, what's the point in playing defense? Because if they miss the shot, they're not getting the rebound anyway. If I'm building a team, I'm surrounding it with Harden because it's an offensive game now. And get DeAndre Jordans, you know, get rim protectors, get people that, aren't going to take as many shots and you go down to the end of the game. Do you trust Giannis taking that shot to create his own? I'd much rather have the ball in Harden's hands and the Rockets have gone to two Western conference semifinals. They almost beat the Warriors who were the powerhouse at that time. I think in that game seven, they missed their first 22, three pointers when not having Chris Paul. And I know that's a Max Kellerman argument. I hate to bring up Max Kellerman, but it's like, they literally had probably one of the worst shooting performances in NBA history, and they were one game away from going to the finals and probably beating the Cavs that year. I don't think you can go wrong going with these two, and I know if I included Luka, that probably would have been the easy one, but I'd rather go with the guy that I think fits the mold better in the NBA today. He's 31 years old, and I think that the whole small ball thing, yeah, they did that last year, but – He's played with bigs and, and defensive forces in the middle. Like Capella is an elite interior defender, yeah. a great lob check catcher. They did a, the Dwight Howard experiment. I mean, they had Chris Paul, who's feisty defensively with P.J. Tucker's always been really good defensively. Capella. So they went that direction, and, and yet it didn't it didn't work. So they switched over so, with Russell so, Westbrook. So here's my thing. Worked. So here's my thing. I don't think they should have gone completely small ball where your tallest guy in the court is 6'7". I, I disagree. Think you, they should have. I, they should have I think, done that. I, I think you needed one rim protector like Utah does with now. Rudy Gobert controls the paint, and you go small besides that. You have Conley, you have Dom, you have Bogdanovich, you have Clarkson if you want in there. But you do need some you're rim protector getting, to alter shots in the paint people, and to get – like Conley? Utah's a Con- big ass team. He's a point guard, but you just named Bogdanovich and Ingles and Bogdanovich like, doesn't play big and he's slow. He's are six, you worrying? He's like six you, eight. But I'm saying, are you worrying about them getting rebounds 
or I'm, like, saying, I'm not I'm not I'm saying, saying small, but I'm saying the type bro, of style they Utah play. Utah has the best defensive rating in the league. And it's because so of Rudy Gobert. It is because of Rudy Gobert. There is a okay. reason why he's won like three Defensive Player of the Year awards. He's, but it, defensive rating is a team defense thing. It's not just Rudy. He cha- nah, he changes the game. He changes he, the game. He, I, Con- yeah, of course. Con- Conley, I, is a great, Conley is a great wing defender, but I'm talking about someone in the interior to, ch- to alter shots, to block, to get rebounds, to hey, make people- you, Utah is, is number one in defense this year. That hasn't happened every year it's not just because of rudy gobert like but I mean, but Conley's my point was Conley's healthy too yeah 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 yeah, yeah but no, Giannis, is, Giannis is rudy gobert but averages 30 and 16 in yeah five. and he, and he so, hasn't and he hasn't point, even gotten close was, to sniffing the nba finals yes he the has they were up 2-0 in the eastern conference finals right they lost yeah. yes they lost I, row. they were close they were they had a 2-0 the advantage in the eastern and, and they, they and they figured out Giannis. no the thing with the thing with Harden was that they just weren't a complete team. Like the Rockets were not a complete team. They they could only look to Harden. He was the only scorer that they had. When you have that kind of thing, you can't win in the playoffs. Now he's on Brooklyn, and they're still not a complete team. They cannot play defense. You can't bet on them to score 150 every single game or at least four four times out of seven times in the playoffs, which is why I worry about the Nets, to be honest. Now, when you look at a team like, the Bucks or the Lakers or the Sixers, they're doing well on the offensive side and the defensive side. That's what you need in the playoffs. So I, when I look at building a team, I want to have the most well-rounded team as possible. So it's much harder to build a defensive juggernaut with an offensive team that has James Harden than it is to have a Giannis who can do both and then just surround him with shooters and figure it out. Like I don't need Brad, him to get the last I, shot. I, I don't. I don't know what Nets team you're watching. They are second in the Eastern Conference and have went nine and one in their last ten games without that's, having Kevin Durant, including great. wins at Clippers, at the Lakers, a, co- a twenty-four point Dude, comeback. If if that mattered, if that mattered, those 70, 73 and eight or seventy-three and nine Warriors would have won the championship. The game slows down in the playoffs. Like it just, this is not okay. This, the, this the Warriors didn't win that. Not going to happen. The Warriors team didn't win that year, but they won three out of those four years. So that's a that's a perennial contender. You're you're right. winning for the one year not, they didn't win, and not the no, three no. years they did. I'm saying I'm saying it doesn't matter that you're just the offensive team, and that was a different league. Like the, the league is caught up to them now. But I'm just saying that you can't be an offensive juggernaut and play zero defense and win in the playoffs. It just can't happen. You're not going to score 150 points a game like you are in the regular season. We'll see. We'll see because this is probably the best big three of all time. No, oh, no. hands down. That's what I. That's what I said wouldn't happen. I was. I had to convince you of that. I know. I said it was the best big three offensively. Yes, the best big three ever. But the best, like I guess, like most, we're talking about most talented, offensive. right? Not, yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the yeah. Best offensive, offensive, right, 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 right. They haven't. We don't know that they. The yeah, they, they haven't won a ring yet. We can't call them. We can't call them the best. Goodness, uh, played like twenty games. But let's <laughs> let's go to somebody that we build our team around. To somebody that doesn't get as much recognition as they should. And both of these players are all stars. But I think. A lot of NBA junkies can think that these guys get snubbed, especially when it comes to the all-star voting. And that's Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell, two Western Conference guards that, look, look. let's be honest, the West is loaded with guards, with Steph, with Luka, with Dame Lillard, 
they're not going to be able to overshadow these guys, at least in the next year or so. But Brad, I want to start with you, or Coach, I want to go back to you and start on this one. Actually, no, Brad. Who is more underrated, Devin Booker or Donovan Mitchell? I mean, there's only one of these people has scored 70 points in a game. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were. The the dude is, he's probably one of the most disrespected players in the game just because he's just a pure score. Like, he's so fluid. He's so smooth. You talk about a guy that can hit guarded shots. So you're talking about Dame Lillard. Like, this guy, he can hit a turnaround Jay like nobody's business. He's like Kobe reincarnated. Like, I, I just don't, I've never seen a guy shoot with such effortlessness like he just makes everything look so easy and smooth donovan mitchell he's having a great year i i'm not a huge fan of him i think he's really inefficient um i don't think he's a two-way player neither is devin booker but devin booker you know what you're getting on offense every single night if you want him to score 40 he can score 40 it, it it's the same james harden thing like if you want james harden to score 40 he can score 40 if you want him to do other stuff, he can do other stuff. But it's it's on Donovan Mitchell to do more for his team than it is Devin Booker this year. So he's getting more shine. So I'll say Devin Booker. All right, Coach, are you uh, you riding the book train? Uh, yes, uh, for different re- different reasons. Well, they're both twenty four. They're both twenty five, five and five guys. So it's it's funny looking at their their statistics and where they are. Um, they're both all-stars this year, uh, D-Book, two-time all-star. I think they both are, actually. But um, what's surprising to me is Donovan Mitchell. He doesn't look small, but he is 6'1". And uh, I, I like just the versatility that Devin Booker is 6'5". That's four inches taller. Uh, you might not notice that uh, just by on visual because he kind of looks like D-Wade. And he can, go, he can guard bigger guys, and it doesn't, he doesn't seem like a liability. Um, yes, Devin Booker is super smooth. It, it, it's weird. He's a career 35% three point shooter and he doesn't, he doesn't shoot a high volume. He only shoots six. Donovan, Donovan Mitchell shoots Yeah. They, they, yeah, it's about the same, but he shoots more. And based on that, like that's, that's still a, be, a better trajectory. Like you, you want and people have been banging his drum a long time. You want Devin Booker to shoot more threes. I still taking Devin Booker because of his one-on-one ability, because of his ability to get his own shot in the half, in the, in the half court. Uh, obviously Donovan Mitchell is more explosive, uh, but I think, and I know you guys were hard on, on Shaq, but I thought his, I thought his criticism was fair, right? He started with Donovan. You're one of my favorite players in the league, but the challenge was you don't have what it takes to get to the next level in responses. It wasn't a challenge. Right. He just said, you don't have what it takes. <laughs> it was like a he's allowed to do that though. He's Shaquille O'Neal. He's, he can no, do that. Not. I know he might not watch an, enough of the of the game, but when you are uh, one of the top ten greatest players of all time, you can challenge people, right? Just he didn't challenge him. He just disrespected up. him. He said, all he did well, was say, he said, he said you don't well, have. He said you don't have what it takes to t- to go to the next level. He didn't say, yes. I don't think you have what it takes. Like it's it's just he, he said, doesn't... Cool, you're you're one of my favorite players to watch in the league, but you don't mm-hmm. have what it takes to get to the next level. So what? That's not a challenge. That's a declarative statement. That's just trying to shit he on. He can him. do that. He's a greatest, one of the greatest players of all time. So, like, so you know, it's funny. So anything, you can say you can say anything so you want to anybody. You can say anything you want to anybody. It's just corny. Yeah. Like so you're, you know, he's taking funny. credit for it now. You guys both agreed that Devin Booker is the more underrated, and yet you're finding a way to debate. 
<laughs> because We're about different things now. I'm getting but. Shaq on the coach's corner because uh, I want to oh, I want to talk some basketball with him. Why is he? I, I, well, I'm gonna del- I'm gonna delete right. that from the feed. Well, well, I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna say Donovan Mitchell is the more underrated. So you talk about height. Coach mentions he's six one. It says six foot on Basketball Reference. Yeah. This is a this is a guy that has increased his scoring it each year, his rebounding each year, his assists each year. He actually shoots a better percentage from three than Devin Booker. Uh, shoots a little less less from two. I look at team success. I mean, they're number one and and two in the West right now. So you've seen the ascension of the Suns with Chris Paul. But you look at last year, the Jazz were fifty or in twenty nineteen. I'll say the Jazz were fifty and thirty two. The Suns were nineteen and sixty three. Last year, uh, without a complete season, the Jazz were the fifth seed. I'm pulling up the standings right now. Uh, they were uh, 44 and 28, and the Suns were 34 and 39, and they had that and big think, boost. That big boost I, in the bubble, and, and it was literally Devin Booker that it was. Oh, it was. Them. It it was Devin Booker that had a great stretch. But Brad, to neutralize your point that he scored 70, Brandon Jennings scored 57 in the game. Like I don't. He's also I don't, disrespected. And Donovan I don't, Mitchell did drop a 57 in the playoffs against um, the Nuggets. Yeah, and, and none look. Of the, none of those are 70. Look, I, I mean, Devin Booker took a lot of shots to get to 70. I mean, it, it props to him, though. He did it. Like, very few people can say they've scored 70 in a game. But I, I'd I rather have the, 57 in the playoffs. But I, but, I, but I look at the team success, too. Like, basketball is a team sport, and they are both the alphas so why on are you their knocking, team. So why are you knocking Devin Booker for having a worse? Uh, because their team? record is because their record is so much worse. He has a good big man in DeAndre. This is the first Aiden. time he's had a legitimate team. Kelly Oubre. All right, Kelly Oubre. You said, it, but I'm not saying that he hasn't had the best team. But a 19 and 63, or a 34 who's, and 39. Who's, who's been on his team? You've Doc, done well, Doc has a good Kelly point. Oubre. Kelly oh, Kelly oh. Oubre. Kelly Oubre. <laughs> the oh most handsome man ever. Yeah, yeah. Oh you no! Got, no, you have done nothing but say how shitty he is, and now you're no. Now I'm, you're I'm, I'm giving, like he's I'm a, some you great Robin. Medicine. I'm giving you your own medicine <laughs> that you can say that he had Kelly Oubre. Oh my God, that's he's insane! Had, I can't I, believe this. I, I should take up. I'm gonna splice in an edit when we when we drop this podcast <laughs> of you just saying how many times you you just think Kelly Oubre is trash, and, then, and now that you no, I'm saying the compilation He's having yeah, look, exactly. He's having, he is having a trash year, and Kelly Oubre isn't amazing. But when you said, who is he doing? I'm using your guy that you're using that you think is amazing, Kelly Oubre. Okay, okay. Hey, to I Doc's point, though, when when Donovan Mitchell got to the Utah, they were bad, and Gordon just left. Yeah, Gordon and They were still bad. good. His like his rookie year, Donovan Mitchell came out averaging 20, and and they they were in playoff contention. They were like he's never not been in the playoffs, and he they're good they have every the year. Defensive Player of the Year. They have Bogdanovich. They have Joe Ingles. They have a complete. They always have him. Rudy, Rudy Gobert was not Rudy Gobert of today when he first got into that team. Donovan like, Mitchell. Yeah, they built they built Don- around they built around Donovan better, and yes. He's on a better team, but he still has had better individual success. And not one time have the the Suns been able to make the playoffs in in Devin Booker. You're eventually, yes, the yes, the management and the team and the ownership, all that has I something mean. to do with it. Yes, and I also took Devin Booker because he shoots fifty percent um, from the field, and Donovan Mitchell shoots forty two. That's but like still, saying that's Devin like, Booker's that's like Devin dinging, Booker's Hold rebounding. on, Eric. Eric, okay. this is like saying this is like dinging like. Carl Anthony Towns for being trash because Minnesota has been terrible every single year of his career. 
a terrible organization is a terrible organization through and through. Phoenix is a terrible organization. Like, there's. Do you think Utah's a great organization? They're better. I don't think they're great. Carl Malone, John Stockton. You can't name a single great player on Minnesota historically. Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. Okay. Yeah, Kevin Garnett. But that's but exactly. He's he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Like Phoenix doesn't. Phoenix is awful. Like Phoenix is just as bad as Minnesota in that in that um in that realm. Like Utah has has legends. I hate I hate the place. Like I would never want to go to Utah. I'd never want to be you know a Utah fan. But you can't deny that they they know how to build a team. And did Phoenix the Suns does not have the did, the, did, did the Suns not have a more championship contender team recently when they had Nash, Amari, Sean Marion, Quentin Richardson, Leandro Barbosa? I know they met, I know they never made it to the finals. Steve Nash was back to back MVPs, and they were and a they favorite each year. Yeah, they were championship contenders that never seemed to get over that hump. Maybe if if Nash doesn't I, get. I mean, checked. that's you're, you're saying Nash, that like you're saying that like every team, like there's only a few teams that win a cha- one team wins a championship every. No, no, year. but I'm like, saying a know. contender. But I'm saying has has Utah been a favorite or a contender to win the championship since the Malone and Stockton days in the mid '90s? No, no, but they've been consistent. Phoenix, Phoenix has Phoenix has been more recent a contender. This year, this year, I. So you're saying those Phoenix Suns days in the mid 2000s were not championship contenders? That was 15 years ago. Yeah, it was a long, that's, long that time is, ago. That is more recent than Utah, and that's what I'm saying. If I you're going to win the organization, bro, Utah's been a contender for like the past five years. A championship contender? No, they've been a fourth or fifth seed. Are you going to say that that's a championship contender in the West? Nah, when, they're. They're when as the, much of a contender the, as the Pacers. They're just a good, they were they've yeah, just been a yeah, good when, team. When the war look, the Warriors and the Cavs and the Rockets were like I, and, and the Bucks big, were like the four biggest contenders leap. left. There's a humongous leap from being a four or five seed and being completely out of the playoff picture. Unfortunately, like, that's, that's a big leap. Unfortunately, though, the the opinions of the mass public is always going to favor the guy that's winning more, even if like statistics, like you mentioned, Cat, and I thought about him like. Yeah, but I, I'd, rather, I'd rather have Adebayo because he's he's more of a winning player to me. But I, uh, if you coach, look at statistics, you. I would too. Runs away. I would. It. I would as well. I would as well. But that wasn't that wasn't the point I was making. I was I was saying that a great player can't always overcome a terrible organization that builds terrible teams around him. That was my point. I'm not. I'd also rather have Bam, but I was just saying that we're taking we're using his team success as a ding against both of them when. Devin Booker has had a better team and a better organization his entire career. Yeah, I I agree. He has had a better team and better organization. Yeah, we. Right. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Both of those are are great young players, uh, but they they do need uh, some help to get over get over the hump. And as long as LeBron James and then Kevin Durant on the other side. It's gonna be. They're not gonna be able to get over the hump as far as winning championships. But and that was and that was my point. And that's, that's where they are about, you know, getting over the hump. Like and Vince, you know, Vince Carter and, and Tracy McGrady and these great players, they didn't, they didn't win either. It, and then exactly. you see Paul Pierce needed Kevin, Kevin Garnett and Charles Rondo Barkley. and Ray Allen. I mean, Charles Barkley. Yeah. He, who, and who did, who did Charles Barkley play for? Never get a ring. The, the Suns. Sun. Well, he went to the finals with the Suns. Yeah, exactly. The Phoenix <laughs> Suns. And now who does Devin Booker play for? All right. So we're saying Devin right. Booker is going to end his career cherry picking with the Rockets. But the last, <laughs> the last debate we got here, 
and you're a Celtics fan. You're we're Danny Ainge. Which player are you building around and you trade away the other? So keep in mind the value you're going to get. Both are on max contracts. So the couple million that separates their salaries isn't going to put a huge difference. But Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum? Coach, I'm starting with you. Which one are you keeping? Which ones are you shipping? It's tough. All right. So I have a... I haven't. My answer is is Jason Tatum. But before I, I is that sh- wait? Are you keeping Tatum or are you trading Tatum? I'm keeping. I'm keeping Tatum. I think Tatum's the better player. Uh, I'm not, but I'm not shipping Jalen Brown. I don't know the return that I'm going to get as far as equal value. Now, if you could have stumbled across you have like to. that, that was a question. You have to. You have to why, trade. Why the not other keep them together? It'd be some of the best pairing of no, bad, bad, Yeah, don't don't be well, a politician and dance around. You well, have. I to think trade. it's an easy question here. Then I think that Jason Tatum's been better his entire career uh, up until this point, and, and yeah, Jalen Brown's having a good year, and yeah, he got his, his his points up. But who's the alpha on that team? Is Jason Tatum? He's so he's six Jason eight. Tatum and shipping Jalen Brown. I'm I'm not trying to ship him, but yeah, he's if I if you I have choose. To. You don't have to. You got to hold on to your parts. No, the they're, they're both in your office. You, they're looking at you in the eye. Jason Tatum's better. There's a reason why he's starting an the All-Star they, game they, tomorrow. They, they, come, they come in your office. They he's, say, what's going more- on, Miss? They, they say, what's going on, Mr. Ainge? Why did you call us in at this odd hour? You say, fellas, I have a button behind my desk. That's the trade button. One of you guys is going to go to Utah where you don't want to go. Let's imagine Utah's nineteen and sixty-three. It's Jay, it's worst, fan, worst fans out there. Which it, one are you shipping? Okay, it, and, and the reason and the reason why is it's just the offensive uh, arsenal and ability to isolate and score. Um, he is the vocal leader defensively of that team. He's a little longer. He's six eight compared to Jalen Brown's is six six. Even though Jalen Brown is an excellent defender, I just. I, I can so trust coach, giving Jason so, Jason Tatum the ball at the end of the game, and he can so, finish it for me. So, so, Coach, here here is my caveat, and then I'll go to Brad before I say mine. Danny Ainge admitted, and we're Danny Ainge, remember, that they do not have a championship roster right now. You're going to get – I don't think we're debating that, that, at least you and I, that Tatum is the better player. You're probably going to get a better return for Tatum than you would for Jalen Brown, which is something to think about. So, Brad, with that – so with that being said, Brad, a perfect transition. You yep. trade in Jason Tatum? So the For question who, Carl was, Anthony Towns? It's a terrible <laughs> trade. It's a terrible trade. Uh, yeah, I, I would do that. <laughs> so the question was, who are you going to keep? You have to trade one. The answer is you trade the one that can give you the most return because they're so close in their talent level. So the answer is, you know, Jason Tatum is absolutely – the better player he's been the better player his entire career you know he's on that devin booker level of like just fluid a fluid game somebody who looks like they were born to play basketball he's excellent but everybody in the league agrees that which makes him more valuable everybody in the league doesn't agree that jalen brown can be that same player so one thing i look at with jalen brown is for his career he averages 14.3 points five boards two assists This year alone, he's made a humongous leap, averaging 25 points, six boards, and four assists. And he's shooting uh, 39% from three. So I look at a guy like that and I say, okay, if he's making this kind of jump, and this is what, his uh, third or fourth year in the league right now, and he's making this kind of jump, what's he going to do 
fifth year. So what's he going to do by the time he's in his prime, when he's in his, you know, eighth, ninth year in the league? He's going to be even better. So I'm shipping Jason Tatum and surrounding as many, you know, picks or young talent as I can with him. Like he's Jalen Brown has just made a humongous leap. He's way better than I thought he'd be. Um, And I thought he was going to be pretty good. But this leap that he took this year has just kind of blown my mind. They look like 1A and 1B right now. And I I definitely would go with with, uh, shipping off Tatum. So I I'm glad we're all in agreement that Tatum is the better player. Um, yeah. I'm actually keeping him because I think with the Celtics, look, they're both young. There are uh, Tatum is 23, I think, and Jalen Brown is 24. Yeah. So you're gonna have them for a while. So I, I don't mm-hmm. think the the hey we need to win now. We're we're in that championship right. window. Um, plays as much a factor. I look at Jalen Brown and he's having a career year in terms of points, in terms of assists, in terms of shooting percentage, both from the two and the three. Uh, Defense, he averaged 1.1 steals last year. I mean, he's averaging 0.1. It's not about his steals, it's about his defensive rating. Uh, His his defensive rating is good, too. But I I, I haven't been a big Jalen Brown fan, and I think he's showing his peak value right now. I don't think he's going to get much better than this. If anything, I see him... I see him reverting back to maybe an 18, 19 points per game. It's actually interesting because I, you know, I do a lot of player props and Jalen Brown, his player prop was, you know, 25 and a half over under 23 and a half. And I'd look and he was shooting so efficient from the field. He was shooting, you know, 54, like 55% guy. a game. And I was like, look, there's no way he can keep this up. If he, if he shoots 11 to 21 and drops 28 points. Yeah. I'll, I'll accept the loss on that but I'm banking more of like a nine for 19 type of day, which isn't so, bad. So doc, I like, I like what you're doing right there. We essentially agree the exact same point, but my, my, uh, my thesis was that his trajectory is going to continue going up and you're thinking that he's going to revert to his mean. And I think that's a fair point to make. And you might actually be right. I just, in, in a, uh, just to kind of go back in the argument, I would say once I trade Jason Tatum, He's getting those shots. So to say he's going to revert back to 18 points doesn't make sense. He's going to take more shots than he was prior. So he's going to no, be a 30-point-per-game score. That, that, that's a good point. He probably won't have that efficiency. But I'm also – I mean, keep in mind, Tatum went to Kobe Bryant's basketball camp. He seems like he has more of that oh, yeah. lockdown Mamba mentality. He's better. If, if, if the Celtics were in like a Warriors situation where their window is closing or like a Lakers or a Clippers where you're trying to win now – I'd say, yeah, I, I can see why you want to get more value in the short run. But because of their age, I don't think you have to rush it. I think we all agree that Tatum has the higher ceiling. And when you have a, a championship window of maybe nine or 10 years playing in the weaker conference, I think you want to stay with the player that you trust to take that last shot that is two inches taller than Jalen Brown. So you can put I'm him not sure the it's the weaker conference anymore, man. Uh, I, I still think it's a little bit we- weaker. I, I think the balance of power is getting a little bit better, but I, mm-hmm. I still think there are more teams that you'd be scared to face in the West than you would in the East. I love that uh, we thought this was going to be a short podcast. I, you know what? Mm-hmm. I realized right away. I said, nah, it isn't. That is hilarious. <laughs> I, but I, would say, I would say that Jason Tatum has superstar potential, and he was on the bubble of top 10 players in the league for me on my like, on my my pecking order and uh, Jalen Green. I mean, <laughs> Jalen Green, <laughs> Jalen Brown just isn't close to that. And I couldn't, I couldn't send a, a potential not superstar close. away. 
No, so you don't even have him. So you got no, Jason Tatum. You got Jason Tatum second team All NBA, and you don't have Jalen Brown third team. I mean, this is a 33 game sample. I like uh, Doc. I think that his numbers are going to revert down a little bit. He's shooting the best percentage right now, of his career, right but I don't. I, as trajectory right now, at 33 games in, I don't. I don't know. I didn't do my numbers, but no, I don't have him in my in my All NBA list. Uh, okay. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather have Ben Simmons. Um, but he, it, yeah, I I think the other guys we talked about, Devin Booker, Mitchell, I think they're all better than than Brown. They all have higher ceilings, and those guys can't um, win. So I wouldn't try to like ship the one guy that does have superstar potential and Jason Tatum out to try to build around Jalen Brown. I don't care what type of return I am getting. So back. why, what, what makes you think that Jalen Brown doesn't like, you both think he's not going to get better. Why is that? Like, Wait, what, so, what about so, so, him? So oh, Brad, I think he'll get better. I just don't so, think he's going to be on the same level. So if you on, think on with Jason Tatum, I, so that's not really making sense to me. Like if you get better from being 25, five and four, how are you not going to be a superstar? So wait, Brad, but before I answer that, I pulled up the standings right here. There are five teams that are above 500 in the East and mm-hmm. there are nine in the West. So oh, yeah. I think, I think it's getting a little bit more balanced, but I That's still think, I still think the West is a little bit more higher up for me. I, I think Jalen Brown is, you know, when, when Kemba Walker missed the beginning of the year, it was really like, okay, we invest in a max contract and do you, you and Jason Tatum are the one, a one B. Also, Jason, why do you think they did that? Why do you think they gave him a max contract? Because you can't let him go for nothing. They picked him third overall, and that was a highly you scrutinized. You can let him go for nothing. That was a highly you give scrutinized a person a max contract because you think they're going to be a superstar. You trade him, or you let, or you trade him, or you sign him. You don't let players that would immediately be snatched up for other teams go for nothing. That's why they tried it. They didn't like Isaiah okay. Thomas, and they traded him for Kyrie Irving. But I'm saying, why do you think they chose to give this guy a max contract? Because he's, because they think he's they think highly of him. Yeah, they they think highly of him, but I think they think highly more highly of Tatum. Like Mike Conley got a max contract without making an All Star game. The right. max contract was meant so that you can keep homegrown talent or players that you drafted and pay them more. So there's Mike an Conley got a max contract pay. because he's elite. Like it doesn't matter. All star game if, doesn't matter if, to GMs. If 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 Mike Conley was elite, and I think we all agree Mike Conley should have been an all star before this year. But if Mike Conley was elite, there wouldn't even be a debate that 13 years into his pro career, he should have gotten his first one. He has never been in that upper tier. If you're saying elite, I oh, think of Steph. I think of Dame. So you're putting Mike Conley. Yes, that's why he the, hasn't made the. That's why he hasn't made the All Star team. You can only but, make. But then he's not so elite. But he's not elite if he's not in that tier. You can't bring you can't bring in people to to play in Memphis, anyways. Too so that, that has incentive yeah, in these the, contracts. The, you got to keep those the guys. In grind, house. The grit the grit All and grind right. era there was over. I um. I'm I'm getting off base here. I don't want to debate Mike Conley, but I will that'll say that'll be another time next time. Yeah, that'll be another topic. But I will say just to get back to the Jalen Brown thing, why is it that you guys don't think he can be a superstar? Like why do you think he's gonna revert back down instead of get back? I don't I don't twenty five years old. It's not that I don't think he can't be a superstar. I think he's a better player, and I'll admit I was more wrong on Jalen Brown than I thought. I think Jason Tatum's ceiling is higher. And when they're both, I'm under not talking. About, I'm not talking old. about Jason Tatum. Okay. I'm talking about Jalen Brown. Specific, just him. Why is it that you think he can't be a superstar? 
I think first I do, of all, all, he's been a beneficiary of Kimba being out and and Jason missing two weeks as well. So he's been in that. Here's the ball. You're our guy. You're getting a high volume of shots. He's got he's putting up 18 a game this year, and I think that that has a little bit to do with his twenty five numbers. But but yeah, that's what I said. Didn't I? I said eighteen. Okay. All right, eighteen Brad, shots. Eighteen shots a game is what I meant. Oh, okay. that he, sure, he's, sure. he's getting a lot of a high percentage there, but he just doesn't have um, the, the, everything that we mentioned. He doesn't have the ability to go out there and own a franchise, uh, be the best player on your team, and still be in contention. Even when when he plays and um, Tatum doesn't play, they don't. They're not a winning team. He might give you some numbers, but they're not going to win without with, with him. You're, you're not going to be a winning franchise. Tatum. I'm not talking Brad, about Tatum. Brad, I'm saying, why right. is it that you guys don't think Jalen Brown is going to get better? All right, let that's, me that's, let me. T- that's my let, only question. Let, let, let me, we're not let talking, me tell you why. We're not talking about the question, the F- your question anymore, Eric. Few 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 <laughs> points. I don't think Jalen Brown is a good shooter. This is his free throw percentage. Now, keep in mind, this is open shots, non contested. Sixty eight point five percent, sixty four point four, sixty five point eight, seventy two point four, seventy seven this year. But I'm using mm-hmm. this year as an anomaly. Because okay. sure, I, I, sure. I think he, I think I think he could get better, but I don't think you're ever going to expect him to get in the eighties. So I think so that's your answer. You just don't think he's a great shooter. And free throw okay. percentage, okay, free throw percentage is an excellent indicator of who's a great shooter. That's that's a good reason why Russell okay. Westbrook isn't a great shooter. But, but but also let's look at what he does besides that because shooting impacts scoring. Now I'm looking mm-hmm. at his assist to turnover ratio. He's averaging about four assists this year, which is his career high. But he's averaging close to three turnovers per game. His assist to turnover ratio for his career is one point seven to one point six. So for about okay. every assist, not a guard that doesn't matter. It, no, but it, it, it's somebody. If you're building the team around whether it's a guard or not, he's going to have the ball in his hand. I'm not. So, no, no, I'm not even talking about building a team. Or I'm. I'm. You know, I'm still talking about why is it that you think Jalen Brown. He's a little bit of a. Better. He's a little bit of a black hole when he gets the ball. He, he it, can't really create for right. others. That if, well, and that doesn't make good team unity. Doesn't make everybody so, click. Everything that you guys are mentioning does not describe why he's not going to get better. Like decision making gets better as you get older. Like I said, I, hey, I'm on the record. I'm saying he's going to get better. I don't know if these number, like his points per game, is going to. I don't. He's gonna get I don't, a Better player overall. All right, all right Brad. Brad, let me. Brad, Brad, let me ask you. He's shooting 49.5 percent from the field, mm-hmm. which is a career this high. Is, which he's is shooting, incredible. He's That's shooting like 40, 90 type shit. He he's shooting thirty eight point eight percentage from the th- from three pointer, which is a career high. He's shooting a seventy seven point two percentage from the free throw line. All things these are these are these are these are these are these are all these are all career highs. Besides yeah. the free besides the free throw percentage, which look I could see him scratching eighty, maybe shooting 82 percent, but mm-hmm. he he only goes to the line about five times a game. Where, mind, where where, where do you six, think six forward we're talking about? But what I'm saying is, do you think his shooting? Do you think he's going to be shooting over fifty percent the rest of his career? Do you think he's going to be a forty plus three point percentage shooter the rest of his career? That's so. That's what I'm asking. I'm saying, why not? Like, why you guys are acting like him having a career high in his most recent year? This year is an anomaly. When I'm saying, why can't it just be he's getting better? I just don't think anybody he's like I, I think better. he's he's I, in there candidacy for that's what I'm saying. Player. Yeah, he, I, I, incre- I, I, I think he's incredible. Like I think I think this six six 
230 pound kid who's going to be, you know, just a monster in this league is having his career best season at the age of 24. And he's going to continue to get better. Like, I don't think I see no reason why this is going to be his career best season over his entire, you know, 15 year career, because he's just going to continue to make better decisions. He's going to continue to learn the game. He's going to continue to, you know, get better free throws. He's going to shoot better. All these, Brad, his whole, his entire trajectory has been up. So why do we think it's going to go down? Brad, name me a, name me a guard or a non center or a non Kevin Durant that shoots over 50% from the floor year in, year out. Uh, exactly. This kid's a fucking anomaly. Like, why are we treating him like he's some... Uh, Kevin Durant is an anomaly. Kevin Durant is an anomaly. Uh, A 6'10 man that that has a sniper and unlimited range. That's an anomaly. Jalen Brown Mm -hmm. is a 6'6 forward. That is an average NBA small... Like, average NBA small forward. How many non-centers... And I I want a specific player that shoots 50% or higher year in year out. Okay. LeBron James. Yeah. Also, let me let me turn this around on you cuz I don't quite understand what you're trying to say. I turn it around and say how many forwards are averaging 25 5 and 4 at the age of 24 or 25? Paul George. Like, exactly. Like you're naming you're naming fucking superstars. Like why are we saying this kid can't be that? He's, He's stiff. He doesn't have too many moves. And he, the ball, it's like I said, it's a black hole. It doesn't move well when he gets it. And it and so that doesn't doing, so serve exactly, well for coach. good ball movement. Exactly. So this is what he's doing without moves. What's it gonna happen when he gets some moves? So wait. Like he's still a baby. So I I LeBron is shoots over 50.4% for his career. If you think Jalen Brown is having a similar career path as LeBron, I don't. Then, we're gonna just God. end it right now. But think I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pull up. I'm pulling. Number one, I don't. No, 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 no. Hold on. I'm number pulling, one, I'm pulling up no, some no, great you're, you're, No, no, Steph no, no. Curry, forty-seven percent for his career. James Harden, forty-five percent for his Eric, career. I don't need him to do that. I'm saying he's doing it now, and he's only a baby. Like he hasn't even scratched the surface of his potential. And you guys are automatically saying that he's going to get worse. Uh, I didn't realize Jalen Brown played for the Wizards, and you had to defend him at all costs. <laughs> I just, I think you're, I think you're being, you're treating him like it's, um, like it's some sort of. You, I think you brought it up perfectly. You're treating him like a prop bet. You're saying, what are the odds that this guy is going to average this for his whole career? I don't know. Yet. And those odds are slim. He doesn't need to do that, though. I'm saying he's going to evolve. Like he's just a baby right now. So if you're doing this right now, you don't even have any moves. What's going to happen when you get moves? What's going to happen when you learn how to play the game? What's going to happen when you're you're a nine year vet in this league and you know what? you know people's tendencies and you know how people guard? Like, like, but but when you're a nine year vet, you're not going to have the explosiveness he has now. Like that's I think of Lamelo Ball, someone that's can't buy alcohol legally. That's a baby. Jalen Brown, this is his fourth or fifth, fifth year. year in the league. Fifth year in the league. Like, keep in mind, your legs aren't going to be as fresh when you're 29, 30 as you are 23, 24. He might not have that same explosiveness. So you're saying, yeah, you're going to get more savvy. And Brad has his mute on mic, so he can't even argue my point. I'm done with that argument. Like, you can't, you can't honestly tell me that this 29-year-old, 30-year-old player in the, the age of modern medicine and the age where Tom Brady just won a Super Bowl 
in the age where LeBron hasn't even taken has taken one game off and is doing incredible things that he's not going to have his legs at 29, 30 years old. Like I, I'm Jalen Brown. If you're hearing this, Brad puts you in the same stratosphere with Tom Brady and LeBron James. MCM man crush Monday, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, if the Celtics actually decide to go all Let me ask you this. Am I at least making sense? Like, do I sound crazy? Like, is this, is this a crazy argument that this kid who's 24 years old is going to get better? I I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's crazy to say, I think there's both sides of the coin. Um, But Brad, I mean, you, you pick certain things and you plant your flag in it, you know, unrelated to the basketball, you had Kyler Murray being your QB one, you know, you had, um, you know, you, you, right. you, you have Andre Drummond being the best rebounder of all time. Like Which is I, res- factual. I respect that you plant your flags Russell and sometimes, for MVP. Yeah. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they're going to be right. And sometimes they're, they're going to be wrong. <laughs> like your takes on Blake Griffin. And to be honest, that's what makes these shows fun is there's not a right or wrong answer. We're all knowledgeable enough to be able to this, this back right our wrong answer. to back hey, our point. Yeah, you're Brad, right. We're right. You're wrong, Brad. Brad <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't say you're crazy to make the argument. I. I would think it would be crazy for the Celtics though to trade Jason Tatum away and expect that Jalen Brown is going to give hey, you the coach, same. Coach, I agree that it would be crazy to do that. But the question was, or both of them, you have to trade both. one. Uh, absolutely they, keep them. They're I'm both glad good. I I'm glad I saved this one last. But a show that <laughs> we thought that. was gonna a, a show that we thought was gonna be a short segment ended up oh, being I got an another hour. hour and, me. Yeah, what's and, up? <laughs> and we know we know that this will be a future topic coming up. And speaking of future topics on debates, make sure you check out our YouTube channel, Triple Play Fantasy. Coach James and Kevin have done a great job with Coach's Corner, having some debates. They had Kyrie versus LeBron as the beef reel. They had all-star discussion. They have an upcoming debate itself verse of Jalen versus Cade, which one they'd rather have. And two coaches that really just follow the game and love it at a really deep level. So make sure you check out those as well. If you're not following us on social media, make sure you're doing so at Trip Play Fantasy. We look forward to providing more great content and everybody stay safe.